Hi, this is Lisa, and you're listening to the Conscious Communication Design Podcast. I'm a design researcher and educator, and I want to talk to you about how we can make communication design sustainable, how we can be conscious about our decisions, and what impact we and our work have on the world, and how we can use our skills for positive change. It's the second episode of this podcast, but it's already coming out later than intended. The reason for this being that I just received my second vaccine and unfortunately felt quite ill after. Of course, any healthy 30-something-year-old like myself would ask themselves in this situation whether a COVID infection would actually be as bad as the side effects that may occur after the vaccine. Those definitely are thoughts that went through my head anyways. But of course, that doesn't really matter, in my opinion. The fact that being vaccinated reduces the risk of me endangering others, especially the more vulnerable, is the only thing that matters. And for that, I certainly can endure the, in my case, harsh side effects. So please keep the greater good in mind if you're still on the fence about whether or not to get the vaccine. And chances are your side effects aren't as bad as mine anyways. My body can be a bit of a drama queen sometimes. I celebrated my vaccine by giving a little to the UNICEF campaign, uh, get a vaccine, give a vaccine. Um, Because while European states are prepping for the third booster vaccines for vulnerable and elderly people, just as an example, Africa's population um, has less than 2% of its population vaccinated to date. I thought this was a suitable topic to talk about as it also offers an introduction to the topic of this episode. What is sustainable? You might think it's a bit of a big stretch from vaccines to sustainability, but hear me out. Seeing that you found your way to the second episode of this podcast on sustainable communication design, chances are you will have heard of the most frequently quoted definition on sustainability, as it was termed by the Brundtland Commission, or the UN World Commission on Environment and Development. Quote, sustainable development is development that meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. End quote. This definition always reminds me of the Native American saying, we do not inherit the earth from our ancestors, we borrow it from our children. Little anecdote on the side. I've shared houses and apartments with quite a lot of people over the years and always set myself the rule to leave a common room as I found it or a little bit better. If all people in a household did this, the breeding ground for arguments is stopped in its tracks. Now, imagine having this outlook on your existence on this planet. You'd need to make sure that your life on this planet doesn't have a negative impact on the planet. That already seems kind of impossible. How many greenhouse gases are generated based on your actions can be measured, though. And there's a wide range of carbon calculators for individuals out there. For example, uh, the carbonfootprint.com Uh, has one for individuals and then there's uh, one by the WWF as well. There's loads of different ones. However, carbon emissions aren't everything. 
That's what bothers me a bit about the term climate action as well. It focuses on one aspect of the environmental crisis we are in, neglecting the mass extinction and population of our soils and oceans with plastic that is breaking into microparticles that we will need to learn how to extract again if we want to keep getting nourishment from this planet. So we might not be able to reduce our negative impact to 0%. I mean, yes, you can pay for offsetting, and that is indeed important as well. But I believe it should be a last resort, and only done if the emissions can't be averted. This in the past had me so depressed that I genuinely questioned if being on this planet is ethically feasible, knowing that every day in my existence contributes to the destruction of our environment. But things have changed. People have woken up and become aware of the crisis and that we all need to work on rescuing our environment if we want to continue living on it as a species. It's become easier to be environmentally friendly and to promote eco-conscious behavior and actions without being labeled as a hippie. Quite on the contrary, actually. It's on trend now. Thank you, Greta. So I propose we look at it that way. Let's leave the planet as we found it or a little bit better. And that's actually not as difficult to do. Commonly named in relation to sustainability are the three P's, people, planet, profit. So if we want to make decisions that are conscious and sustainable, we need to make sure they don't harm either of those three or better yet, support all three. We need to design for people by considering accessibility, equality and diversity, respecting different cultures and by giving back. Giving back can be as quick and easy as a donation, but often more valuable is the transfer of knowledge. So what you are acquiring through listening to this podcast is specialist knowledge, which is difficult to obtain. So please do talk about what you learned. Talk to your clients and colleagues about it. Help those around you uh, volunteer. This is also where I want to build my bridge to the vaccination topic. The vaccine may be your personal decision, but from a sustainability standpoint, we always must consider what is best not just for us, but also for the people around us, and especially those we don't see. We need to think outside our social bubble. Coming to the other P, we can decide for the planet by respecting all the resources we are using and how we use them. There's no such thing as waste in the material world. Absolutely everything is and stays a resource. Now things end up in landfill because they've either been designed with so many compound materials that they cannot be taken apart anymore and hence not recycled or because they are soiled or people have been too lazy to separate the object into its individual components. But this is also mostly the result of poor design. There is such a thing as waste in the digital world. Data that is stored and not used, that is using up the planet's resources without any benefit to anyone. That we have to avoid. And of course we need to design for the third P, profit. Because no business is sustainable if it isn't economically viable. Think about producing ineffective design communication. That is wasteful, costly and of no benefit to anyone. 
we can use environmentally conscious business practice as a vehicle for uh, for your business strategy. And this can be done, for example, through certifications or accreditations, which validate your business as a serious economic player. And in addition, adds policies that you can abide by, giving you clear instructions on what to do. So let's have a look at certifications and their limitations. So in general, there's one big problem with certifications. They encourage people to abide by the standards of the certification rather than thinking beyond that and striving for what is possible. Um, but one certification that is, from my standpoint, really quite holistic and transparent is the B Corporation or B Corp certification. Uh, you can find more info on it on bcorporation.net. I have the link in the show notes as well. Um, in B Corp's own words, it goes beyond product or service level certification. Quote, B Corp certification is the only certification that measures a company's entire social and environmental performance. The B Impact Assessment evaluates how your company's operations and business model impact your workers, community, environment and customers. From your supply chain and input materials to your charitable giving and employee benefits, B Corp certification proves your business is meeting the highest standards of verified performance, end quote. So I had a little look at, um, you know, um, how it actually works. So um, you'd fill out the, the first questionnaire to get the certification process started. That takes about uh, two to three hours. And then after that, it can take six to 10 months to get validated, according to the website. Um, but also only one of three applicants receive the certification. So while this might sound disheartening, it also speaks for the certification's credibility. The assessment consists of questions that are tailored to the company's size, sector and geography. The questions revolve around governance, workers, community and environment. So I looked a bit at the uh, questions in the environmental category, for example. So one would be, if you lease your facilities, have you worked with your landlord to implement energy efficiency improvements, waste reduction programs or water efficiency improvements? Another one is, does your company monitor and record its universal waste production? Or what percentage of energy used is from renewable on-site energy production for corporate facilities? So those are just some of the sample questions and um, those would be answered through multiple choice, but you do have to know the ballpark figures. So that's the first part, you fill out the assessment, you then receive a report card, which allows you to compare yourself with other companies that have done the assessment as well. It shows you your company's overall score on a benchmark scale and because it is in comparison to other B corporations, the labels on the axis of the scale read good, great, outstanding and extraordinary. The average of a B-Impact score uh, of 80 is at the great section. Isn't that cool? Uh, you get into this club of uh, genuine do-gooders and the worst mark you can get is good. That's what I call a high standard. 
And the individual breakdown of the score will already give you a good idea of what to improve on, which is then the third step. The B Corp certification is powered by B Lab, a nonprofit organization that serves a global movement of people using business as a force for good. That's how they phrase it. Uh, so far, they have 4,000 companies in 70 countries. But um, while there definitely are always ethical issues with certifications and accreditations, I find B Lab deals with theirs in a very transparent manner. They have a complaint procedure and um, they list, you know, the appropriate email addresses on who to contact on which topic all the time everywhere in the website, which is really comprehensible. And then they have an own page dedicated to controversial issues in which they publish statements on decisions they had to make in the past, especially in connection to specific industries. So, for example, the bottled water company uh, industry then cannabis-related products, the prison industry, zoos, aquariums, and animal parks. So it's a long and very interesting list. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes as well. It makes for a good read. The assessment tool is free and straightforward to use, so definitely do give it a go. I've started my process now, but because I'm an um, individual person, this is a non-profit uh, um, thing here as well so uh, I'm not sure how relevant it's going to be but it's definitely very very interesting to click through that um, I would encourage you to give it a go An Irish researcher and visual communication designer named Con Kennedy has done some research on the Viscom sector and its shortcomings and opportunities in the past. And one of his findings was that Irish designers were lacking a business strategy when they started out. So they started working freelance or in a small agency typically, and basically set the whole thing up without a real plan, um, or without a, a distinct strategy anyways. So after a while then they would find their niche by landing a client in a specific area or doing a specific project that went well, and then getting similar projects or clients through word of mouth. Now, this phenomenon might be quite typical for the Irish market, as a lot of business here is acquired by word of mouth, and perhaps this influences the lack of awareness for strategy in design startups. But no matter what the country or market we are talking about, a strategy can help a business set themselves apart from the competition. Environmental consciousness can be a unique selling proposition and a marketing tool. However, we need to be very mindful that if we use eco-consciousness to market ourselves, that we do this very mindfully, as we don't want to be greenwashing. The term greenwashing was coined by environmentalist Jay Westerveld in 1986, but the practice is even older. Greenwashing is the process of conveying a false impression or providing misleading information about how a company's products are more environmentally sound. Greenwashing is considered an unsubstantiated claim to deceive consumers into believing that a company's products are environmentally friendly. It can, however, be done unintentionally as well. So if you just started thinking about uh, sustainability recently 
and are still new to sustainable business practice, then maybe don't claim the environmental stamp on your corporate design just yet. What I mean is green leaves or plants in the logo, the word green in your name, or even using green as a corporate color. To be honest, this kind of stuff is very outdated nowadays anyways. That was okay in previous decades, but in the last couple of years, the world has woken up and is aware of the need for sustainability in every business practice. It should be the standard. So what is a better idea is including a page on your website uh, with your business's environmental policy and the commitments you make to your clients and the planet. This shows you're taking things seriously. And once you're a pro, um, or you already are, uh, and you're doing absolutely everything you can to have the most sustainable business you can, um, you have an evolved environmental policy that you stick to and you specialize in specifically environmentally friendly practice, then by all means, put it in your name and be proud of it. I'm sure we're going to have more badges and certifications for designers as well in the next years. If you know of any that I haven't mentioned yet, please do get in touch um, because I'd love to hear also about certifications for designers in other languages and countries. So what other interesting certifications do you know of? Please do let me know and help me spread the word about this podcast so that we can have a discourse and this doesn't remain a one-sided communication. You can get in touch with me through Twitter or Instagram. The handle is at CCD by Lisa in both. Please like, share and follow the podcast on whatever app you're listening to it and tell other designers about it. In next week's episode, I'll talk to you uh, about... Uh, choosing the right medium or platform for your communication. So it's finally it's starting to get a little bit more practical. But um, I find that talking about sustainability uh, was very important and, and trying to define it for ourselves as well. And things are going to become a lot more practical from next week on. Okay, until then, thank you for listening and take care.